whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. It's still real to me, damn it! Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the So Real Tough Show, episode number 593 for June 24th, 2021. This is your WWE Hell in a Cell recap and review edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one lady, Dr. Trey Franklin. Before the show, Dr. Trey and I were talking about our favorite telemarketers, Dr. Trey. What is yours, my friend? Uh, I mean, obviously, the extended car warranty people are my favorite. Should I, should I tell the story that I told you off air? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think because it's something that other folks can uh, learn and utilize in their uh, their toolbox when telemarketers come in. My my wife has always found it very amusing that whenever I get telemarketers, I always come up with like little funny little backstories to kind of throw them off. And um, as Sammy decides he wants to play the guitar right now. Um, so I had one recently that had called me about my extended car warranty. And I was like, well, which, which car are you talking about? Cause I, I think I'm okay. And they're like, it's the, uh, 2012 Ford Fusion. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I don't have that car anymore. That car was involved in a major car accident about six months ago that, that my wife and child died in. I, I, I completely kind of blocked that out, but I just want us to take this moment and say thank you for bringing up such a painful memory into my skull that I just took so much time to finally get past. And they were literally just, um, um, click. So yeah, yeah use it in your toolbox, folks. I mean, that's the 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 chimney cleaners. Oh, I have no chimney. That's an easy one. Uh, what else? Oh, like, uh, I had someone call the other day, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago and they said that there was a virus on my computer and they needed to take my computer, like take a hold of it now. And I needed to pay them like ASAP so they could work on it. They were calling that they were Microsoft 
and I don't own any Microsoft products. I was like, okay, yeah, no, this makes sense. All right, how much is this going to cost? Okay, 500 bucks. You need my credit card. Now, how do you do this from my Mac? And it was like, um, click right from that point forward. It was a good five minutes leading this person on. Um, terrible. It, it, it's amazing, Dr. Trey, telemarketers. Uh, that's oh. We'll save it for our telemarketing podcast, though. We're going to have a really big sub-podcast genre one day of just random stuff we have come up with over the years. I've always said it. it was always, we always should do a show called, like, Not SRTU, and it has yeah. nothing to do with wrestling. I think Cody Rhodes is actually doing something like that, now that I mention oh, it. Because I, I, I've only bashed AEW nonstop for two years, and Cody steals our idea. But, yeah, that's fine. We, we can run with that. Hey, he did take your Frosted Tips as well. Yeah, I know. That, that was, but that, that's fine. I, I, I got past that one. Yeah, there's always he next has, time. Yeah, he he had a baby, so you know if you if you knew father, I, I let stuff slide. Yeah, congrats to him and uh, and Brandy Rhodes on the birth of their child. Congratulations, a girl, I believe. So congratulations. Let's get into it. WWE Hell in a Cell recap and review. It took place this past Sunday. Uh, going back to last week's show, we predicted the Roman Reigns Rey Mysterio match, and rightfully so because it's like yeah, there's no doubt, slam dunk. This will be on the pay per view. Probably a half an hour after the episode dropped, Dr. Trey announced on SmackDown, Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio. Unprecedented, but such a WWE move that they announced this 24 hours before the show with like little to no promotion when they could have had a huge rating if they promoted it like a week beforehand. Uh, before we get into that match itself, Reigns and Mysterio, like what the hell was WWE thinking? They were thinking that... Uh viewership is down we gotta pop a number uh what have we not done on, on wwe tv in, in a long time or ever um in in, a, in the smackdown's case i think they'd only done it once before it's like that like it's crazy numbers no this was the first uh, one very first one yes it was the first one on smackdown raw did one in like 98 or 99 or something crazy like that yep they had two um, of them yep so it's, to me, it's one of those things where, like, um, you know, we got this billion-dollar contract with Fox, and ratings are kind of down, and I'm sure Fox isn't thrilled with the Peacock Network deal. So, hey, let's try to spike the ratings, but we'll do it with really no advertising or promotion at all other than um, just word of mouth in the Internet, and maybe that'll help. It, it, it is mind-boggling, especially since – the idea behind that view when it came around, you're like, man, that on paper, that's pretty good. And the way it was set up with the Dominic Mysterio stuff, like, that's pretty good. And a father fighting for his son so close to, you know, Father Day weekend, like, that makes a lot of sense. But then to pull the rug out from underneath yourself to try and spike a rating with no promotion, uh, that that's not the most brilliant tactic. Yeah, so Reigns defeated Rey Mysterio, which is what Dr. Trey and I predicted, but doesn't count to our, towards our predictions because it wasn't on the show. Uh, I thought the match was good. Saw a ton of offense from Rey Mysterio. Uh, the standing guillotine looked pretty brutal on Mysterio. I, I think my biggest thing on this, and obviously this was all thrown together, Dr. Trey, is the biggest drawback to this was the commercial breaks. I think there was maybe two, at least two, maybe three commercial breaks during this match, and it took away all momentum as a viewer to like following along what was going on. Like we get pictures and picture, picture and picture for for freaking NXT, but we don't for for SmackDown. Like AEW has has made picture and picture like its best friend uh, every single week during Dynamite. Like 
How do they not get – well, I know how. I mean, they had 24 hours promotion for this. But you would figure that that last half hour of SmackDown, you have the commercials like just in the side for picture-in-picture, picture, and it's paid for by Pizza Hut or whatever, whoever's currently – you know, doing stuff with WWE. Like, it, it, to me, it just took away from the entire match, the commercial breaks during the Hell in a Cell match. I mean, you've you got to get your Twix commercials in. I yeah, mean, that's that they're major advertisers. you got to get, you know, your Southwest Airlines, you know, advertising, whatever it is. It, you know, to me, it was just a cheap ploy. Like, hey, we can, you know, we'll charge you a little more for advertising if you want to run during this Hell in a Cell match, which we've never done on SmackDown before. Um, so it did take away from the match. And by the way, I, I take complete and utter credit for uh, Roman Reigns tweaking his finisher because I have bashed that as well for quite a couple months. Uh, that one does look better and more brutal and more, you know, right up his alley. Um, but the match itself I thought was good and the way it was kind of played off and <clears throat> everything else, I, I thought was really the way Ray attacked him throughout the match. Brilliant. Like that was a, very well put together. Like the match itself. Technically and, and, and visually was was pretty dang good. It's just you're right. Like the commercial breaks in the middle of it slow you down because you get to an exciting point and then you're just like, oh, okay, so three come back in two and a half minutes, three minutes, okay. It, it does it does take away from it. And the fact that we'll get picture in picture for an Indy Hartwell match on NXT, but we can't get one for Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio, and Helen Cell is also mind boggling. Yeah, Reigns continues to go through the plow through the competition. He is just brutalizing everybody. Uh, we need some sort of superhero, do 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 do, to come and save the day for WWE. So Mysterio Reigns didn't happen at Hell in a Cell, but figured we'd cover it here on this week's edition of the show. Let's get to the card itself. This was the pre-show nap match: Natalia versus Mandy Rose. We obviously did not predict this match because uh, it was announced that Sunday. And Natalia got the victory. To me, Natalia is a true gem and the most valuable women's wrestler in WWE, Dr. Trey. Natalia was able to get the best out of Mandy Rose in one of her best singles matches I've seen from her. Good match. I thought it was a good match to start off the show. Yeah, and, and it once again showcases the value of Natalia. So that way, if you put her in the ring with somebody, and, and Mandy is not the best women's wrestler around. I mean, that's probably that's not why she was hired, but she has gotten much better over the years. Um but you put her in the ring with, with Natalia. Natalia can make her look way better than she is. It adds some compelling fire to this tag team division, which is kind of lacking since Shayna and Nia have moved on to other things. It's a way to kind of increase things up, and uh, I, I thought it was really well done. So congrats to both those ladies. Hell in a Cell match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defending against Bailey. Dr. Trey and I both had Bianca, and Bianca Belair won and retained the SmackDown Women's Championship. I thought this was an incredible Hell in a Cell match. Belair showing that she belongs in the top of the echelon of the WWE's women's division with wins and great performances versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania 37 and now Bailey at Hell in a Cell. I love this match, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts, Belair versus Bailey? Yeah, well, this is one of the ones I like the most because of the fact that, you know, Bailey came out looking strong. Bianca came out looking strong. Like, both women looked fantastic in this match. It was right what you thought it would be. Uh, you had high expectations, and they delivered. So I thought it was I thought it was really well done by both those girls. Next match here is Seth Rollins taking on Cesaro. We did not predict this match because it was announced on Friday SmackDown. Seth Rollins got the victory. Uh, I thought the match was fine. I thought it ran I thought it ran a bit longer than I would have hoped coming off of a great Hell in a Cell match. The finish with Seth Rollins outsmarting Cesaro to get the roll up was a great way to end the match. Um, and now I wonder if both these two will be added to Money in the Bank next month. Your thoughts here, Seth Rollins defeating Cesaro. 
I mean, and I know we'll get into the money in the bank qualifying stuff here before long, but I mean, if you look at the center field that are in there, and then you add in a Seth and a Cesaro, that's that's really going to be a damn good match. But I thought the match was really good. Seth being the underhanded sneaky villain, getting the you know quote unquote cheap win, um, I thought was great for what his character is. I mean, sometimes you need the snotty heel to win underhanded and not with their finisher. You know, sometimes it does make sense. To, to kind of pull that little roll up out of nowhere. So, um, good solid match. You, you're right. It probably ran a little bit long, but I, I, anytime I can get Cesaro in the ring for about 15, 20 minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it every time. Yeah, I can understand that. I thought coming, I thought the placement of the match was really poor coming off of a great Hell in a Cell match. Like, I just thought uh, it wasn't flowing as well as it typically does with those two guys. And it could be because we've seen it so damn much lately. Uh, next match here is Alexa Bliss taking on Shayna Baszler. Dr. Trey and I both had Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss got the victory. Uh, good match. Story of the match was showcasing Alex- Alexa's hypno- hypnosis powers. Uh, she has over her opponents and others. I'm not sure if I like the direction of the Alexa Bliss character yet. Uh, she has felt kind of stagnant since WrestleMania 37, but this may be what she needs to keep her fr- character fresh and interesting. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Alexa Bliss defeating Shayna Baszler. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was okay. The Alexa stuff is different, but I, I think she feels stale because we're still waiting for the fallout from, you know, the stuff with, with her and The Fiend. Like, we have no idea where this is going, and until they can bring The Fiend back into the mix and see if there's a continuation of this or if it has kind of just run its course and gone separate directions, it's, it's kind of weird because you're going to have two people in two different divisions with similar abilities but no longer affiliated that's that's kind of odd to me um but you know the stuff with like naya slapping reggie and you know the scream and the hypnosis stuff like i i I do enjoy that wacky uh you know outside the outside the real world type stuff i I always dug it with taker i always dug it with pain you know i i dig it with boogeyman and 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 papa shango so i always kind of like this stuff it's kind of fun and campy and that's what wrestling is supposed to be at times. So I see a lot of people kind of <clears throat> complain about it, like how how super like how unreal it is. It's like, well, we just kissed the Undertaker's ass for twenty five years. So other people are allowed to try that vein as well. So I, I thought it was fine and decent matches. It's gonna be fun to see where this goes. I mean, we saw a little bit of the fallout on Monday, and that was weird. So uh, I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. But for this match, I thought it was fine and served its purpose. And uh, apparently now Alexa Bliss can help me quit smoking. Next match here is Sami Zayn taking on Kevin Owens. We did not predict this match as well as it was announced on Friday. SmackDown, Sami Zayn got the victory. Uh, The story of this match was the karmic justice towards Kevin Owens with a shoulder injury during the match, selling the injury from Commander Aziz during Friday, SmackDown prior to the match, and Sami Zayn getting the victory. It was not your typical insane in-ring performance between Owens and Zayn, but more about the storyline part of it, which is always fine in professional wrestling when the story is being told in the ring. So I liked it, Dr. Trey. It was different from what we were accustomed to with both these great guys. Your thoughts, Sami Zayn defeating Kevin Owens. Yeah, it, it was a different spin on something we've seen about a lot. You and I love when Kevin and Sami fight. We have talked about that on the show God knows how many times. But the, if, this was a different approach, and it was more about the storytelling and not how great these two guys are in the ring. I think they've established it. Uh, but selling the injury angle from, I can't believe I'm saying this, Commander Aziz, uh, was a different spin on it. It allowed Sammy to get a much-needed win while not making Kevin look bad in the process. So I thought it kind of worked out for, for both guys. And let's get to the next match here. Rhea Ripley defending the Raw Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. We both had Rhea Ripley and Charlotte won by DQ. 
it, it it happened in a really lame fashion by using the top of the announcer's desk and desk and hitting Charlotte Flair with it. My opinion. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've seen the announcer's desk used in more destructive ways during a match, and it did not cause a disqualification. Re getting the re getting the win via DQ and celebrating that she was still the champion was done in heel fashion, despite Charlotte being a huge heel lately. It was kind of a confusing finish that has me intrigued to see where this how this gets executed. It appears that in some weird way and fashion, Rhea Ripley is learning from Charlotte Flair, which is strange because that's a heel tactic. Charlotte's a mega heel. Are they both heels? Where's this going to go? Like Charlotte's not passing the torch. She's going to be in the company for a long time, in my opinion. Uh, strange match, Dr. Trey, as Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley by DQ. Yeah, it was strange. I mean, it, it's weird. These two women, it, 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 when they, I always love this match because in the sense of they show the close up of Rhea, then they show a close up of Charlotte and you're like, they actually look really similar in facial structure. It's kind of odd. Um, but like the match itself, I thought was really good. The DQ finish, I thought was, you know, out of nowhere and weird. But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, that explains why they take the top of the table off before they put somebody through it. Because apparently that part is a no-no. The rest of the table is okay. You just can't hit anybody with the with whatever WWE logo top tabletop it is. That, that's frowned upon. Um, but I was thinking about the whole learning from Charlotte heel heel thing and we do have draft coming up here shortly um, maybe Charlotte goes to Smackdown and Rhea becomes the monster heel on Raw that would make sense if for Rhea learning from Charlotte if that's not the case then it makes absolutely no sense and they're just you know sisters and Rick has an illegitimate daughter yeah it's it's weird it it, it really is it's it's strange I kind of want to like it I could see the direction of it through the trees but I'm still having a tough time finding, like, okay, what's the payoff here? Is the payoff that she's kind of learning from Charlotte Flair in a weird way? It's, But they're rivals, and she's never beaten Charlotte Flair, and is this the storyline that was supposed to happen a year ago and, and didn't because of everything with COVID? It's it's weird. I, I, I'm 50-50 on it right now. We'll just have to continue to wait and see where things are going with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Uh, next match here is Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship in a last chance Hell in a Cell match against Drew McIntyre. I, Drew McIntyre, Dr. Trey, Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley retained the WWE Championship. Physically grueling match. Lashley MVP get the better of Drew McIntyre again. McIntyre is left to wonder what's next for him. I have a feeling Drew is going to be going, Is it somehow he's going to win Money in the Bank and cause Lashley to lose his title and then defeat the new champion to reclaim the WWE Championship soon, similar to how Lashley won the title a couple months back. Uh, I know right now Drew didn't get in to Money in the Bank, but maybe that triple threat on Monday against AJ Styles and Randy Orton, which will be a huge match for Raw, is the way that he does it. Physically grueling match, Dr. Trey, back to the match from Hell in a Cell. Bobby Lashley retains and defeats Drew McIntyre again. Yeah, uh, I, I like the match. I uh, thought it told a great story. Loved the finish. I mean, there's only so many weird, like, creative finishes you can do in a Hell in a Cell that haven't been done, and you have to trap the manager in the cage, knock him out, and then the manager costs you the victory after a ref bump is, is definitely a little bit different. So, like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. And, and now the intrigue of what you know happens with Drew McIntyre goes forward. Uh, as they said, Bobby's next challenger. So I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Hell in a Cell prediction record. I went two and two. Doctor Trey went three and one. We are now tied for 2021, 59 and 25. Each is our records as we reach the halfway point of 2021. 
Uh, match of the night, event rating time. I gave match of the night Bianca Belair versus Bailey, and I gave the event a 3.3. What say you, Dr. Trey? Yeah, I actually went with Drew and Bobby uh, as my match of the night, and I gave it a 3.1. I thought it was a very... It was a very, it was a good show, but not great and not horrible. I thought everything was very consistent, uh, but nothing really to write home about at the end of the day. Yeah, I feel like if you took away those two Hell in a Cell matches, this is a uh, below average show, in my opinion. Uh, moving along here, there's some reports out there currently that there may be some more themed WWE specials coming soon. Going back to the point later on, earlier on in the show with uh, Reigns and Rey Mysterio opening or taking place on SmackDown, low ratings, viewership currently. It appears that WWE may be getting more themed specials soon. This comes to us from Wrestling Inc. WWE officials are looking to use more themed shows in the near future, such as Old School Raw, King of the Ring, and Viewer's Choice. Fightful Select reports that Fox and USA slash NBCU were a big part of the push for more themed shows to happen, and there are said to be several additional NBC Sports integrated pitches being made. The pitches include tie-ins with NASCAR, contingent around a major race that would integrate race cars and star drivers. Another pitch would include NFL Night for the launch of Sunday Night Football with football-themed matches and angles, and NFL players and commentators appearing. And then a Wrestling World Cup was also pitched, which would include all brands. Another pitch that NBC has made would be a points month where wins, signature moves, and other things are done to rack up points for wrestlers. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here on the onset of more themed WWE specials potentially coming soon to programming? A lot of those ones that you named off towards the end sound exactly like what Impact Wrestling used to do when you used to kill them for it. Whether it was their own World Cup or the Grand Championship where points mattered and all that stuff, like it does very sound reminiscent of Impact and we used to kill Impact for it. Um, I mean, some of the ones, King of the Ring, you and I love tournaments, so that that's fine. Old school Raw, I mean, really, I don't know how many times we can go down that well. I mean, Sammy hates it, obviously. Um, it, it, to me, I was thinking, like, you know, we can't do Taboo Tuesday because only NXT is on Tuesday, but Social Media Monday? There you oh, go. Wow. Business right there. there. Um, you know, uh, I don't know, like uh, Facebook Friday? So for Friday Night Smackdown, okay. all the... All the all the votes are tabulated on the Facebook page. Uh, you know, I mean, there there are ways of doing social media tie-ins where the fans feel like they're more part of the show. Because that's one thing we always want. We, we, we That's what we miss having the crowds in the building because it makes us feel like we're a part of the show. And, and the way things are set up now, although I still think the Thunderdome looks fantastic, it does feel kind of cold and distant at times. So, um theme shows aren't bad, but like you can only go down that well so many times before... You know, you kill that horse just like kind of like the cinematic shows that you know, we were dealing with last year where we did so many that by the end they just weren't cool anymore. Yeah, I think it's difficult to make things different and special with these theme theme specials. I think King of the Ring is an easy layup. Old school Raw, I love anything old school. Please don't do what they did a couple of weeks back with the throwback SmackDown because the only thing that was throwback was the logo uh, and the graphics. But I like that they're doing this. It's, it's you know, they're trying to get people interested into what's taking place. They have to get outside the box with it because it is stale. Uh, I mean, we joked around on last week's show that I felt like we watched the same Raw the last three weeks. This is this most recent edition of Raw is the most different Raw that I can recall in some time. Uh, and that's because of the Money in the Bank qualifiers. But they, they need to make some changes here. I mean, the, the product is definitely stale in certain parts. We'll get to Raw here later on in the show. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's wild. I, I like the idea, and it, and and I'll give it a shot. We'll see what they can come up with. But uh, I think 
kind of going back to the well of, of some of the old school nostalgia stuff, like a King of the Ring, an old school Raw in itself, is uh, is the right way to go if I were WWE. Uh, moving along here, in a direction that I I like as well, similar to the themed specials, is this reportedly uh, dream match, reported dream match for SummerSlam right now, Dr. Trey. Uh, this comes to us from Wrestling Inc. According to reports, WWE is reported looking at holding the first ever match between Seth Rollins and WWE Hall of Famer Edge later this summer. The working idea for the SummerSlam main event is to have John Cena challenge WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. WWE officials reportedly want to load the SmackDown card up, and now at WrestleVotes on Twitter notes that they are also planning on stacking the SmackDown side with a second major matchup, Edge versus Rollins, for the first time. It was recently reported that WWE has plans for Edge to wrestle at SummerSlam in a babyface role. Edge is being advertised for several dates this summer, beginning with the July 16th SmackDown episode from Houston, which is the first show back on the road with fans in the crowd. Edge has not been seen since the WrestleMania 37 Night 2 main event, which saw Reigns retain his title in a triple threat that also include, included Daniel Bryan. Edge versus Seth Rollins. Sign me up, Dr. Trey. What say you? Yeah, I'm on board with that. I mean, there was usually some of the matches that we had talked about. We wanted to see when Edge came back. And <clears throat> if we can't get Edge and AJ right now, uh, Edge and Seth was my backup choice. So I'm on board with that. The promos will be fantastic. The uh, I, I like the way Seth has gone with his character. I think it's very, very it, – it, it's kind of emo Ric Flairish, I guess, in a way. Um, I mean, the suits are fantastic. So uh, if, if you give me Edge, who we, who we now know – can definitely hold his own with just about anybody in wrestling, given his uh, ring rust wearing off and everything else. Like I'm, I'm all on board for that because Seth is still one of the best in ring competitors in the world. Yeah, hey, this is this is a dream match, um, and I think it's something that's good for the Seth Rollins character right now as well because he, he deserves to be in that spot. And clearly, Edge probably has a lot of say in who he wants his face in the ring. And a name like Seth Rollins at this point in his uh, restarted career, I sure, I'm sure is on that list. I'm sure Seth Rollins is on that list. I'm sure Cesaro is on that list. I'm sure AJ Styles is on that list. Uh, those are the names of people, Finn Balor, that I could see Edge taking on in these roles. And I think Rollins versus uh, Edge at SummerSlam definitely gets me really excited for the show. It, it seems like we're on the precipice of something big with the fans returning here in the coming weeks, we're, we're less than a month away from it. You're hearing a lot of hype around SummerSlam. And uh, to WWE's credit, like it's very easy to bash them, Dr. Trey, uh, quite often. But I think to their credit right now, a lot of the hype that we're hearing about with regards to SummerSlam and the return with fans in the crowd, I, I definitely believe that WWE is going to deliver. And this could be a fun summer coming up. Well, I mean, this, if you're going to capitalize on a time, this is the great, you know, this would be the perfect time. It'd be the summer. The NBA playoffs are winding down. Um, hockey's winding down. Football's not starting till September. So if you want to grab some new viewers and grab some people that are going to pay attention to your product, now is that time to really, you know, take it forward. The only competition is Major League Baseball. And, you know, as much as you love your Yankees and I love my Cubs, I don't watch every game, all 162 of them, because it takes forever. So, you know, now is the time for to really strike, you know, while these other sports are winding down or before they start up to really grab the attention of the audience. Yeah, this is definitely the time. I mean, this is this is the time to ramp up. This is the time to get people excited because WWE needs it right now. It's been like hydroplaning since WrestleMania. It's some of the most bizarre and it's just like 
We'll get to it here momentarily. Like one of their shows, without a doubt, is hydroplaning. And, and if you've been listening to the show in the last couple of weeks, or just the last five minutes, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, with the fans coming back, Dr. Trey, um, I'm kind of concerned about one WWE superstar right now. I feel like they may be getting the John Cena, Roman Reigns treatment as the face of the company once the fans are back in the crowd. And that's one Drew McIntyre. Uh, I feel like we're on the verge of hearing the fans revolting against Drew once crowds returns. And the reason why is because the booking hasn't done him any justice since February when he dropped the title to the Miz at Elimination Chamber. I I think Drew, <laughs> it's a damn shame. I think uh, during COVID-19, the beginning there, heading in February, March, coming out of the Royal Rumble 2020, into February, into March, into WrestleMania, I think Drew would have been super over with the fans. And, and he was. That pop with him eliminating Brock Lesnar and then also winning is some of the best pops we've heard in the last 10 to 15 years in WWE. Uh, and then he was like red hot. And I think most fans like myself just had a ton of respect for him because he put the company on his back in probably the worst time period in, in history of the WWE, like dealing with a national, a global pandemic where fans cannot be in the stands and you're, you're basically putting on a show for a couple people and, and then video boards. Like he put the company on his back. He wanted that onus. He wanted to bring joy into the lives of people's households during 2020 when, when they couldn't go outside and uh, a ton of respect for him. I, I, and I still do I have a ton of respect for Drew. But when you look at the way he's been booked in February, since February from WrestleMania, WrestleMania backlash to now, the guy's like being jammed down our throats. And it's like, why are you doing to this guy? Like he deserves a hero's welcome come July when fans are back in the crowd, because I think he is one of a select few. I would say him, Bailey, Sasha Banks. I would even put Bobby Lashley into that group now. I think that they helped carry the company. Roman Reigns upon his return in August, but Drew for like the most part, like they put the company on their back in some of the lowest points in in its history. And I feel like they deserve the heroes welcome. But I I feel like come July, crowds are back in there. They're going to look at Drew like they did John Cena and Roman Reigns. Do, do you feel that vibe right now, Dr. Trey? Do you think WWE has kind of set Drew up for failure upon the return of uh, fans back in the stands? Yeah, I think to a degree because, like, outside of the stuff with Lashley, which he hasn't been able to get the belt back from, like, where do you go with him? Like, who's the next guy that you can put him in a, in a feud with where the fans go, man, I really hope Drew can overcome the odds. Um I think part of it is, you know, he, he's on the show all the time. Um, his demeanor uh, at times is kind of smarmy, uh, which can rub people the wrong way. I mean, there are times that he's cutting promos and they're fantastic, and there's other times that they are borderline Roman Reigns suffering succotash. Um, it, it, it reminds me a lot of the Seth Rollins run from a couple of years ago where he was super over, but then he got shoved out of his throat and the people rebelled against it. It's it's very the attitude as well was similar. Now I'm not saying Drew is actually that way, but the character itself at times does come off that way. I mean, the man pulled a sword and sliced the table in half. You know, it's like that should have been awesome, and most of the internet fans just kind of crapped all over it. So I do feel like that tide is kind of at a, at a, a crescending right now, and it could kind of topple either way. It just kind of depends on. How they run because right now when you look at that roster on Raw, like outside of outside of Lashley, who is a viable threat against Drew McIntyre one on one? I don't think they've built anybody up 
on that next level to slide into that slot. I totally agree with you on that. And um, like I love Kofi, but Kofi versus Lashley at Money in the Bank for the title, like is that doing it for you right now? Yeah, not really because they haven't built. I mean, Kofi's been. I mean, Kofi struggled. I mean, the New Day was struggling in the tag division. Just to be honest, way it was being booked. They they were fifty fifty in a lot of those matches. I mean, they were struggling with you know uh, the Lucha House Party at times. They struggled with you know AJ and Omos is, is is viable, but you know they struggled with other tag teams. But now all of a sudden, Kofi can get shuffled back to the top, um, and we're supposed to buy in. And, and I don't think we've built that credibility back up in Kofi since the Brock Lesnar match. And I think that's one of the reasons why nobody's super excited. You can say the same thing about Roman and Ray, you know, from last week. Like we all want to see Ray succeed, but outside of that one moment the week before to get to the Hell in the Cell match, that was it. It was kind of last minute. And this, you know, this similar Kofi thing here kind of seems like it came out of left field because they haven't built up the depth of either side of that roster outside of the top two guys. So that begs the question here, Dr. Trick, because I talked about it on last week's show when we were previewing predicting um, Hell in a Cell. Like, I thought, based off of the way that I'm feeling right now with Drew, I think they should have put the title on him at Hell in a Cell and let him go into Money in the Bank with the crowd, you know, taking on Lashley or whoever again as champion. I, I think, like, they did no, – I mean, it, they're in, in – it's a ball of yarn uh, on Raw, and this will blend into our last topic I want to bring up here on this, on this week's edition of the show. But do you think putting the title on Drew could have softened the blow heading into the crowds returning? Well, maybe, but I, I still think like the idea you had and that we talked about last week with Drew winning Money in the Bank would do a very similar thing. Where now, now on Monday night, he has to overcome not one challenge but two other guys, and then you get the Money in the Bank. And uh, they said how many people are going to be in Money in the Bank this year because it seems like they're doing ten. Um, <laughs> it does, it seems yeah, like quite a bit. Uh, I mean, if Drew can beat nine other guys, I believe it's Monday eight. Night, I believe it's eight, though. Isn't there five qualifying matches on Raw, though? So they had three, and then they have the last chance on Monday. So that'll be four on Raw. And I would assume, I, I'm sure they've announced it already as we're recording the show, uh, the SmackDown matchups for tomorrow night. So, I mean, you know, Drew overcoming seven other guys to win Money in the Bank. And, and we all know baby phases capitalize Money in the Bank wins kind of weird. Uh, but if Drew can overcome those odds and then hold that title and then, you know, screw Lashley over like you suggested, or when the draft comes, switch over to SmackDown and cash in on Roman, like I think those are two ways to kind of get him back on, on, on that track that he was on before. I think they're saving a big win for Drew, you know, when the crowd comes back. Like let him struggle right now towards the end, and then when the crowd comes back, pop it off and let him let him get a big win and get that crowd reaction and then set sail with him from there. I mean, if you tell me that Roman and Drew, the top two guys on SmackDown, sign me up because you go back to that match last year, that was fantastic. And I think that kind of set up Drew's push last year um, after you initially got that belt. Yeah, but do you think the fans are going to be welcoming to that now? I, I don't think so. I think he's fallen into that John Cena-Roman Reigns realm and WWE has completely fucked this up. Well, I, I think I think the issue we always had with Cena and even with Roman was the Superman syndrome. Like no matter yeah. what obstacles they're throwing their way, we True. knew they were going to win. True. Well, we just had we just had Drew lose to Miz and Riddle in the last three months, so you can't do the Superman angle with it. I think they're trying to create 
the idea that every that he's vulnerable at times. Like how many times have we heard stories or ha- heard the announcers talk about his temper and how he doesn't think things through, and that leads to I mean they they built up a flaw in the Drew McIntyre character, which allows his opponents to sometimes capitalize on it. So I think they're saving that big win. For when, you know, like whether it's SummerSlam or something else where it can really pop off and really get that crowd support behind him. But heroes have to overcome obstacles. And if they're always supermaning their way through everything, there's no obstacles that fans buy into as a credible threat. I think that this is their way of trying to build up a chink in the armor. So then whoever they put in the ring with them could be a credible threat. That's a, that's a good point, Dr. Dre. That's a very good point. So Money in the Bank. First time Drew McIntyre walks out. The, the Scottish warrior, I, I guess, which is everybody is, uh, is a different warrior now. Celtic warrior, Scottish warrior, American warrior, uh, New York warrior, Alabama warrior. Uh, we just add that to everything. He comes That's out at Money in the Bank, first time, crowds out there. What's, what's the reaction? I, I, I still think he's going to get a huge reaction. I, I mean, it may not be as big as what we think the WrestleMania pop would be, but I still think the majority of fans are behind him. I mean, we're still going to, we might get those smart fans that start a Drew sucks channels like that, but I still think the vast majority of people are behind him. By the way, the Alabama warrior is actually an independent wrestler somewhere in the state. I have seen pictures of it. It is really, really bad. I'm not shocked. I am not shocked. So it's just maroon uh, face paint and just roll tide the entire time. Uh, You're close. It's a maroon mask. Okay. and then the LFN, he wears actually an Alabama Crimson Tide t-shirt to the ring. That's it. Get the hometown pop. Get the hometown yeah. pop. Uh, I hope so because I'm a big Drew guy. I, I think he – I think if this was a normal year, I'd be like, yeah, he's he's getting in the boring realm. He's getting in that John Cena, Roman Reigns. The fans are going to revolt against him. But I think everything that guy has done over the last 15 months plus, I mean, he had his WrestleMania moment stolen from him. I mean, let's just call – I mean, that – the Royal Rumble was such a high, and then this WrestleMania is stolen from him. It was so damn sad, and his story is amazing. Um, I hope he gets a hero's welcome. I, I think I will always say, when you look back at the pandemic era of professional wrestling, he is number one guy that like carried professional wrestling on its back the entire time. Like, the entire time. Like, there's been people that have came in, in and out, Reigns, uh, over in AEW, Moxley and Kenny Omega, Bailey, even uh, she was phenomenal during it, but I just felt like Drew was was the constant, and he deserves that praise uh, once the crowd is back there and deserves a hero's welcome. Uh, last bit thing here, Doctor Trey, we've talked about this a lot. Simply ask, how would you fix Raw? Because Raw has been the most stale show in all of wrestling right now. Needs new faces at the top. You just said it. There's rumors, uh, according to reports, of Big E potentially moving from SmackDown to Raw during the WWE draft. I think that'd be a great move. They need to make him a big-time babyface heading into next year's WrestleMania season, in my opinion. Raw is flat. Raw is no longer war. Raw is no longer good. Raw is flat. Raw is stale. Raw is too long. Uh, Three hours, like, stop, please. I know that's an easy one to get to, but, but how do you fix Raw? Because... You have three hours. You have the ability to create so many stars. And you go back to when Paul Heyman was running the show. And I hate to sound like an internet wrestling fan right now, but he had a plan. Umberto Carrillo, Alicia Black, Ricochet, AJ Styles, uh, the OC, Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, AOP, all these guys 
were getting an opportunity to showcase their skills. And it was fresh. It was new. It was different. It was fun. Drew McIntyre was on that list. Randy Orton was on that list. Jeff Hardy was on that list. Like, what the hell happened here? How did Raw become such a crap show like it's been lately? How do you fix it? Okay, so it's a two-part question there. So, like, how did it become a crap show? Honestly, like... I don't know if you saw the report of, of like some of the writers they've hired and, and their knowledge of the wrestling. That might be part of it. Secondly, they went, they tried to bring back a little bit of, you know, the Memphis style, the, the campiness at times. But really right now when you look at it, okay, we talked about the, during the show, there's no depth in, in the singles division, in the men's division. Why? Because you have AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, Randy Orton, you have all these guys playing in the tag team division, which is great but then you're pushing down your tag teams you know there's no depth there's nothing built in between you have a guy like keith lee i don't know what what his situation is but the guy is phenomenal and he's sitting on the sidelines right now bray wyatt the fiend maybe your most bankable and markable character on raw sitting on the sidelines right now you have people that were super over in nac like nikki cross with her crazy character now coming back and playing a knockoff molly holly um you know, the women's division is, is is tiered in a weird way as well. So the, the, the biggest thing is just kind of going, who can we build this around? And if we're going to build it around them, we have to build up challengers and line them up. And in the process of lining up those challengers, make the middle great. I mean, really right now, like there's Lashley McIntyre, um, I guess Alexa and Shane is a feud, Rhea and Charlotte, and then... Uh, AJ and almost reviewing the Viking Raiders over turkey legs. I mean, the, 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 I mean, the, 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 what's going on here, there's no continuity. And that was the, what the great thing about the Heyman era and, and right around that time was they were able to tie stories in together, stuff that was never left laying around. They were able to circle back and bring it to a conclusion. NXT does a great job of that. Um, but right now on Raw, it's kind of like we need to figure out who we're banking on and, and, and run with those people. Uh, because right now, like the way things are cycled just doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, John Morrison won a match. I mean, when was the last time we actually saw Morrison win a match before he qualified for money in the bank? Like, it's just, things just kind of always seem out of sorts and, and there's no continuity to it right now. Yeah. It's, it's all over the place and it just really feels like you and I have been watching wrestling for a long time. I mentioned before they're hydroplaning. They're on autopilot. I just feel like. WWE is waiting for July 16th, and then that's when it restarts. And that shouldn't happen. I'm sorry, when you're doing a show 52 weeks a year, and you're around the clock, around the year type of entertainment form, you need to be on your A or close to your A game at all times. You can't have like CDF weeks, like you have got to be on. And I think that's why people leave wrestling. They don't watch Raw on a Monday night anymore because it's not must-see television. It used to be. You used to be able to sit through two weeks of wrestling and enjoy it. You could sit through three weeks of wrestling each week and enjoy it if it was solid and if it made sense and if you liked the way that the direction was going with the show. And that's what's failing right now with WWE and specifically Monday Night Raw. It's not enjoyable. It's not a good show. And if if they are to be delivering in three weeks a much better product all around from Raw to SmackDown to NXT. I think SmackDown and NXT are, are doing great. I wish the NXT formula was being used on Raw the way that they book things. Uh, Raw has been the albatross 
of the entire product so far. It's and it's the longest show of them all, and the most opportunities that could be given to creating new stars, and it just feels completely flat each and every week. All I'm hearing right now is July 16th. Everything's going to change. WWE draft that's going to come around right after SummerSlam. I think September October time. That's going to change, and it's going to be great, 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 great. But uh, WWE, you're in a tight little vice right now. You've got to execute because the Raw brand is not must-see television right now. It has not been for a little while, and it's not enjoyable to watch each and every week because it feels like it's the same show each and every week. So Raw is stale. Raw is flat. Raw is no longer war. Feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter or hit us up on Facebook facebook.com slash the still real to show uh with that said dr trey let's wrap up this week's edition of the show let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way you can download the show every thursday at the bower show.com russell chatnet on twitter and the still real to show itunes feed don't forget to rate review and subscribe to help us climb the charts on itunes you could follow us individually on twitter for myself at srtu jeff and for dr trey franklin at the dr trey and of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, just had a big show this past Saturday. Next one coming up July 3rd. So be sure to check them out as we also post the pictures and the, the videos uh, to the SRTU page as well. So uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be there for the next month uh, as my lovely daughter is coming out to, to spend some time with us. But uh, be sure to support them and then also whatever local promotion is running near you wherever you may live. All right, go out there, support all the great things that support the Still Real Toast Show, Rocket City Championship Wrestling in Alabama, uh, and of course, everything else out there. F- SRT- SRTU Podcast on Twitter, Facebook.com slash the Still Real Toast Show, and spread the word about this very podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week for G- July 1st. We're already in July. Unbelievable. This is years just going by fast. And what we typically do heading into that 4th of July weekend, we will be doing again. We'll be looking at the mid-year point of professional wrestling. We'll be looking at the early candidates right now for our award show that we do at the end of the year. And we will be also announcing the topic for the 600th episode of SRTU, which will be taking place, according to my math, on August 12th. Yes, 600 episodes of SRTU. We'll be announcing that topic on next week's edition of the show. Looking at our early candidates for the award winners for 2021 and so much more. Uh, so until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. Hopefully you took some notes on how to handle a telemarketer. And until then, we'll see you next week. This is The Still Real Show. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's a party now. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. 
all episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock.